I was asked to share a little bit more about Christ in the Word and Christ in prayer. And uh, we call it devotional, doing your devotional or do devotional time, right? And what does devotional time, and you guys can answer me, so it's not a, what does devotional time for consist of when you hear devotions, right? Because devotion is an interesting word. It means to be devoted to, right? But what does it usually mean in your mind? What do you hear when you hear that? What is it? When I say devotion, I mean, is it eating food? Is it sleeping? Is it watching TV? What, what do you usually see in your mind when you hear that word as a Christian? Studying the Bible. Anything else? Praying. Anything else? Singing. Singing. Very good. Anything else? Very good. So separating yourself from the cares of this world and, and focusing on God, right? So many of us, uh, and I think this is what God wants us, you know, by, by prayer, by studying God's word, by singing, these kind of things, it helps us to have that relationship with God. But you remember we, uh, Pastor Bl- Brother Robert Blay had talked about the sanctuary message. And if you have your Bibles, let's look at a few verses here. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. I want to... Um, I want to focus on maybe something that we haven't focused on when we talked about spending time with God. 2 Corinthians 5, and I just want to look at verse 19. This is the whole purpose of the sanctuary message. And, um, and it's also, I believe, the purpose even of the devotional uh, time that we spend with God. Second Corinthians 5, verse 19, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of what? Reconciliation. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye what? Reconciled to God. I believe that the whole concept of the sanctuary message is to be reconciled with God. Because you remember how there was a sanctuary, you know, the sanctuary is here and you're coming in into the courtyard. What happens is if this guy decides to walk right into the presence of God, what happens to God? What happens, not to God, what happens to the guy? Dead, right? But, but God wants to dwell with us. That's the whole purpose. God was in heaven, but he says, make me a sanctuary that I can come and I can tabernacle with you, Right? The, the whole purpose of the sanctuary, the whole purpose of salvation is that God can be reconciled with us, right? That's why he says, in those days in heaven, I will be your God and you will be my people. So the devotional time, it's a time where we can be used to be reconciled with God. However, uh, and, and I think we all understand that devotional time is, is to be able to develop that relationship with God. I think most of us understand it's not just about, okay, I need to read my Bible because that's the right thing to do. I need to pray because that's the right thing to do. No, we, we kind of understand that the reason I read the Bible, the reason I study, is because I'm trying to develop a relationship with a person, right? Which is Jesus Christ, amen? But why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult to spend time with God in the morning? And that's what I want to focus on today. Because I'm telling you, once you pass that difficulty, then it's a nice experience. It's a blessing. No, you don't always have these wow experiences. But I think it's important to understand, why is it that when I get up, I may not always feel like praying? I may not always feel like studying the Bible. Why is it that I can go shopping so much quicker, I can go on Facebook so much quicker and so much enjoyable than to be able to spend time in God's Word? And this is not, you know, if you are resonating, if this is something that you are experiencing in your mind, trust me, you're not the only person. All of you are not moving, but most people in this room, it is a challenge. It's a challenge because we're tired, because we're overworked. There's different reasons I think we need to look at. But I think it's important to look at the reasons why it is difficult for us to have devotions. What are these things that are keeping us from enjoying this experience with God. And once we deal with these factors, 
then we don't need to focus so much on how, right? I will talk a little bit about how at the end, but I believe that there's a lot of uh, workshops out there. You can go on Audioverse and hear tons of sermons on how to study your Bible. And so the issue is not how to study the Bible. There's a lot of stuff out there. It's just the point to get to the point that you want to study the Bible. Are you with me? Should it not be a joy? Should it not be a joy? So let's start by focusing not on how to have devotions, but how to desire to have devotions. Now, if this concept of devotion is to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, um, I want you to understand why also I'm not focusing on the how so much, right? And I will talk a little bit. Because you are all uniquely different. Do you know that? I don't know if you remember when Christ was born. In the temple, there was uh, Simeon, and there was also another lady called Anna, right? And if you read about Anna, Anna was married before, and then she, I guess she was a widow, I think it was it. But the Bible says that she was in the temple all the time, praising the Lord. Now, for some of us, when we look at that, we see that's like, that's like fanaticism. You know, like, don't you go and do something with your life? You're just there all the time, praising God. I mean, it literally says she was in the temple all the time. She lived in the temple, right? I guess there was compartments, or I don't know. I I don't know. And, And the Bible doesn't depict a lot. But what I'm saying is that when I fell in love with my wife, right? Now, it's not so much I could read a book. And I want you to, to, to see the relationship with my wife with the same thing I'm developing a relationship with God. Sometimes what we want to do with devotions, we want to develop specifically exactly what you need to do in that relationship. It's as if you come and tell me, okay, John, you need to call your wife from 9 o'clock to 9, 10, or your, 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 your girlfriend from 9 to 9, 10. And then after that, you're going to study about how when you're going to get married, uh, what's going to happen from 9, 10 to, you understand what I mean? So, but, but we all have different relationships, right? So what we need to understand are the principles. And the way that God relates with me may be a little bit different than the way he does with you, right? But the concept is, do I love Christ? Do I love to spend time with him? Do I study his word, right? Do I enjoy it? And then how does God lead me? Sometimes the way that I raise, I discipline one child will be different than the way I discipline my other child. Why? Because I, tr- I believe I, need to tr- they are, I, I, I don't treat them one more important than the other, but they have different personalities. They have different characters. You understand, right? So um, to, be, to better understand this, I want to compare uh, this spiritual aspect with the physical world. And I think that as we make comparisons, it's going to be a little bit clearer in your mind. What we're focusing on is not so much how, but how to get the desire to study the Word of God. How to get the desire to pray. When I get up, how, what are things that inhibit me from having this desire, having this joy, having this longing to spend time in God's words? Well, the first thing I want to read, um, it's, in, um, it's in a book called Prayer. I think it's also in Steps to Christ. But a book called Prayer from Ellen White, page 12, says, Prayer is the breath of the what? Of the soul. Prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. No other means of grace can be substituted and the health of the soul be preserved. Meaning you say, well, you know what? I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to read my Bible. You can't substitute it, right? And still have the health of the what? We're talking about health, right? Prayer brings the heart into immediate contact with the wellspring of life and strengthens the sinew and muscle of the religious experience. So, in the physical world, something that is essential to living is, is something you're doing right now while you're looking at me. You're, what are you doing right now? You're breathing, right? So in the spiritual world, the same is with the physical world. The same is also with the spiritual world. So we're going to liken prayer to what? Breath. Breath, okay? And then the other one is the Word of God. Uh, which is the Bible, Job 23, 12, it says, I've esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. So there's a likeness between food and God's word. You've heard Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by 
every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So once again, there's a correlation between this concept of food and the concept of God's word. And in John 6, if you can turn there with me, John 6, we're looking at verse 41. John 6, 41, the Bible says, The Jews then murmured at him, at Jesus, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Verse 48, Jesus again says, I am the bread of life. Verse 51, again Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Verse 57, as the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. And it was a hard saying because people saying, well, what is this? Is this cannibalism? And what, Jesus, what are you talking about? And then he clarifies it in verse 63. It says, it is a spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? Life. So there's a correlation here. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And you need to eat me. That's what he's saying. And then people are like, what? And then they began to understand that he was talking about a spiritual kingdom, right? And that's when a lot of people stopped following Jesus because they wanted something real in a sense of freedom from the Romans, but they didn't want to change in their lives. And he's saying, no, no, you need to eat me. Well, how do I eat you? It's the words that I speak. They are food to you. They will bring life. So the breath in the physical world is what in the spiritual world? Prayer, right? And the food in the physical world is what in the spiritual world? It's the Word of God, right? So these are the two most essential things to be able to live. And you know, we, we won't have time today, but the water represents, you know, we need, we need breath, we need food, and we need water to survive. And the water represents the Holy Spirit, right? So what's interesting is that these are essential to survival. Without bread or food, without air, it's only a matter of time until we die, right? Question, what, when do you see the effect more quickly? When I stop eating or when I stop breathing? I'll let you think about that a little bit, okay? I want to start with food. I remember a few years ago, I was, uh, I was so sick. I remember I was so sick, I had thrown up a couple times. And uh, I was living in a house, not my house, but somebody's place. And I remember I was just lying on my bed, right? And I go downstairs, and I see a friend of mine, and he's eating this food that I usually love to eat. Do you think I felt like eating? No. I mean, just the sight of the food, which I normally loved, made me want to do what? <laughs> to throw up. It's only when I became well again that I decided, you know, I want food. I'm hungry. Same with our children. Sometimes they get sick. When they're sick, they don't want to eat. Sometimes they'll spend a whole day, sometimes a day and a half, and you're thinking they're going to die. When you are sick, that is one way or one time in the physical world where you don't desire food, right? So that's the first point I want to talk about, meaning why is it that I don't desire devotional? Why is it I don't desire to go read my Bible? Why is it that I don't desire to be able to go and pray with God? Well, the first reason may be because you're sick, right? Because sickness removes from us appetite. It's that simple, right? So in Mark chapter 2, if you can turn there with me, Mark chapter 2, we're looking at verse uh, 17. The Bible says, When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are what? Sick. I came not to call the righteous, but who to repentance? Sinners. So here Jesus puts a com comparison 
between the physician, he says, I am the physician, and then he puts a comparison between sickness, and he correlates it with what? With sin, right? In 2 Chronicles 7.14, that's another uh, popular verse, but I think it's very important to meditate on it. It says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal their what? So we want healing. But notice that healing only takes place after there is a seeking after God and there's also a forsaking of sin. Proverbs 28, 13. This one, if you can turn there with me. Proverbs 28. And we're looking at verse 13. The Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have what? Mercy, mercy. So the question is, is there something in your life that you have not surrendered yet? Now, this may be a problem why you don't desire. It may not be. But sometimes for some of us, you know, God speaks to us. And God may speak to George on something that he doesn't speak to me maybe yet upon because he's at a different level, he has different experience. But God has spoken to me on something. And I'm saying, well, George does it. It's okay. And he's president of ECYC. And I'm nobody, right? So I'm okay. I can still do this, right? And then sometimes we have voices. No, no, but Lord, I'm faithful in this. And 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 if someone maybe brings this to my attention, sometimes I'm going to say, well, I'm working on it. I'm not the one that can tell you. Um, what you are being convicted on. It is only God through His Holy Spirit, right? I only know for myself. But I can tell you one thing, that with God, it's all or nothing. Meaning, in a sense, that He wants all your heart. And if He has only 99% of your heart, He doesn't have all your heart. He has, it's it's all or nothing. So if God has convicted you on something, I am not saying that you will never fall. The Bible tells us if we do fall, we have an advocate with the Father. But what I am saying is that we need to make a choice to be able to give our wills to God and says, Lord, I wanted to hold on to it. That means I still had my will and I was still deciding. I can't promise what will happen tomorrow. But for today, I give you my will and I surrender everything to you. And you know, that's what God wants, to be able to take control of your lives and to be able to lead you to greater heights. So that is when true healing can start taking place. So if there's something that God has been convicting you on, and it could be anything, it could be stubbornness, it could be something on diet, it could, you know, these things are just a manifestation of if our will is truly surrendered to Him or not, right? But if God is trying to lead you up higher and He's convicting you on certain things and you're trying to argue with God and tell... And then you're wondering, well, but I don't understand. Why do I wake up and I I just don't, you know, it's a struggle to spend time with God. These two can be related. Meaning why Jesus wants to have this loving relationship with you. He wants to draw you to Him. And at the same time, you're saying, yes, I want to have a relationship with you, but don't tell me how to live in this area in my life. There's something that's wrong. You understand what I mean? So it's important to be able to see if there's something that God is convicting me on. Then God asks us to confess and in my mind to forsake. And then the power of God comes. Tomorrow I may still fall, but tomorrow when I get up, I confess and I forsake from the beginning that I choose from now on with God's strength, I will never do this and go, or go there anymore. Sickness. Another reason in the physical world that Something that removes our appetite for, for, uh, for good, wholesome food is junk food. Is what? Junk food. Do you guys know what junk food is? Yes. yes. Does junk food taste good? Yes. <laughs> you know, there's something about junk food. You know, you can have like this big thing of, in Quebec, we have this thing called poutine. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, especially if you're really hungry, you know, sometimes you'd buy a big one. And I'm telling you something about junk food. Something about junk food is that it tastes so good at the beginning. But if you keep eating junk food, 
you are so disgusted at the end. Are you with me? Yes. Meaning you're eating it and it's so good and you're eating and you're trying because you paid good money for this thing. So you want to eat it all. And by the time you're all at the end, you're like, oh man, it's, uh, it's so disgusting, right? Same thing with chips, Pringles, all this stuff. Tastes so good. The first two, third one. But by the time you're at the bottom of that big stack, you feel like throwing up. There's something about junk food. Catch this. Junk food takes away appetite for wholesome food. So the question is, you may have said, well, I've surrendered my heart to God. You know, there's things that He has shown me and, 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 and I've surrendered it to Him. Why do I still not desire, you know, when I get up in the morning to have devotion? And, and why is it such a struggle? It may be a struggle because the question is, what are you feeding yourself with? Are you feeding yourself with, I don't know. And, and, and what I'm saying, I'm not saying that you're feeding yourself necessarily with, with bad things. But sometimes things that are just distracting. Sometimes, you know, I, you know, I used to be able to sit and watch, uh, you know, in Montreal they have this show called Just for Laughs. You've heard of it. I mean, I could watch hours of that, you know, and, and you laugh and whatever. But something that's interesting, and I didn't realize it before, is that I feel that this is just a separate compartment of my life. And I don't understand, and I didn't understand, that this actually is in direct competition with my spiritual life. Meaning these things take away desire for spiritual things. Are you with me? And many times we don't realize it. Because we think, well, you know, it's just something fun. It's some, something innocent. You can spend a lot of time on YouTube. Or what kind of music are you listening to? No, it's only love music. You know, it doesn't talk about Jesus, I know. But it's, it's all about love, 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 love. You know, okay. What kind of books do you read? Well, it's not necessarily books that are bad. But where does it bring your mind? And then the question is, what kind of ratio has it applied in your life? Meaning, I, li- I sing one hymn and I listen to 20,000 songs that talk nothing about God, right? I'm not saying that it's wrong to watch a nice documentary or whatever. But the problem is, what is the ratio? What is truly influencing your life? What, are you, what is your main diet about? Is it about junk food? Is it about useless, useless empty calories? Or is it wholesome food? The issue is this. The more empty calories of this kind of food we eat, the less we have a desire for what is wholesome, the less the wholesome becomes boring. Are you with me? What kind of friends do you associate with? Do you know that when you become surrendered to Christ, there are some friends you can't spend as much time with anymore. It's not because you don't love them. You do love them. But when you realize that you're so weak that they are influencing you the wrong way by the way they speak and everything, and they're just dragging your mind down, you have to limit the amount of time you spend with them. When I finished high school, you know, I, I struggled. And I, I had a hard time witnessing to my friend. It's only when I left and then I started doing missionary work and so forth and I came back and visited, I felt I was able to have that kind of influence upon them instead of them having influence upon myself, right? So that's why the question is, you may have surrendered your, your, your life to God There may be certain sins in your life that you surrender every day. You confess, you forsake. But the question is, am I eating junk food? And junk food, is it taking away from my desire for wholesome, whole wheat, grain food, spiritual food? Amen? Now, some of you will tell me, well, John, you know, (laughs) I mean, what can I do? You take away my music, you take away my TV, you take away, now you just took away my just for laughs. You took away everything. I mean, I... It's so boring. I have nothing I can do. Now I just, I'm just, I want to read a quote from you. This is from um, Mind, Character, and Personality 599. It is of little use to try to reform others by attacking what we may regard as wrong habits. Such effort often results in more harm than good. In his talk with the Samaritan woman, instead of disparaging Jacob's well, Christ presented something better, right? So the concept is this. I'm not encouraging you guys to change your habits. What I am encouraging you is to start seeking for something better, right? So, for example, if somebody says, well, um, I, um, I want to eat healthier, 
right? So when you go and help them, you don't say, well, you shouldn't eat this and you know you should throw that away and then let me go to your fridge and help you out because this is, your whole kitchen needs to be cleaned up. <laughs> no, what you do is you say, well, you know, you have this thing called, you know, eggs and stuff and, you know, okay, but you know that you can have the same effect with flaxseed or whatever. So what you're doing is, and you know what? There's benefits to flax. Let me talk to you about it. So the concept is you're not focusing on the bad things, you're focusing on trying to find an alternative. And friends, people will always find an alternative. Do you know that? And if you study this concept of, of, of addictions, many people will stop smoking and just start eating more. You know, meaning there's that void and the way they were able to fill it with addictions. And so what they do is they substitute a very bad addiction to something that is more socially acceptable. So what we want to do is we want to substitute something with what Christ has asked us for. So what I'm saying is, you may have things that you realize in your life, man, that's junk food. I'm wasting my time, my money, my energy, my strength on this. I encourage you, instead of just saying, you know, let me stop, 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 stop. What you're going to find out is you're going to stop, 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 stop until you get bored and then you're going to start, 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 start. Are you with me? So what you need to do is you need to start studying, well, you know, I used to spend a lot of time watching this foolishness. What, maybe what can I start watching or doing in the... instead of this? What is something that God wants me to do? And I'm telling you, God with His Spirit will inspire you on what you can do. And then you will start seeing that it will be much easier to free yourself with God's power from these addictive type habits that we have that are not necessarily sin, but that may be in direct competition with us growing spiritually, especially in our desire, in our devotional life. The number three, the third thing I believe that um, removes from us the desire for, um, for spiritual things, I call it loneliness. Um, if some of you have ever been single in a sense that you've lived on your own, um, just last weekend I was talking to somebody, he lives on his own, and he doesn't eat much. You know, there's this concept about Many people, when they are alone, there's just no motivation to eat. You know, there's just, you feel alone. You just, you know, you just kind of, the, the food tastes. There's just something about food and, and social and, and appetite just comes when we're all together and we can all share and eat. And the, and the food tastes better when others are there with you. Amen? And when you're alone, it's, it's kind of like, and I've experienced it. I've had many friends that have experienced it. I'm not saying you're single but you're living in a family. I'm saying you're on your own in your own little apartment building, a little apartment somewhere. You go to school, you come back home, and everybody has a family and everything, and you're just, just, just you, you know? And so in those days, you eat out of principle. You don't eat out of the fun. Are you with me? Meaning there's no fun, there's no enjoyment in it. But one thing I've, I've discovered is that if this is your situation, meaning if there were sins in your life, you, you know, by God's grace, you don't hold on to it. There's no cherished sins. You, you decide not to cherish them. You, you're asking God's grace every day. And then you start looking at some distractions that may remove from you the desire for spiritual things. And so you start replacing those. But if after that you still feel, well, why? I mean, it's, it's better but I still sometimes struggle getting up, not just because I'm tired, it's just that desire for spiritual things. Sometimes what happens is that we're, you may be lonely. But there's a song that says, what a friend we have in Jesus. And I, I can guarantee you that when you meet somebody the first time, you may not have that desire you know, to spend that much time with the individual, just like my wife. But the more... I spent time with her before she was my wife, the more that desire grew, right? So uh, relationships don't happen in seconds, right? We spent all of our lives focusing upon the number one, which is me, right? And so we cannot expect to fall in love with Jesus sometimes just like this. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit helps. But sometimes because especially those that have grown up in the church, we start taking Christ for granted. We've become also... 
uh, callous to a lot of terms in the Bible and, and stories because we've heard them so many times, so they don't always speak to us as much. And so what happens is that it may take a little bit more time for the flame to be rekindled. It's almost like a marriage that was kind of a marriage, but that kind of went bad, and now you're trying to rebuild it together. Persevere. Persevere. Get up and eat, not necessarily because the food tastes good, but eat out of principle. Eat it because you want still to have that relationship with God. Plead for God's Spirit, and you will start seeing in your heart a flame that will start rekindling and regrow to a place that it is. You can truly say, what a friend. I have in Jesus. You know, my, I remember, uh, some of you know, my, my father was a pastor. And uh, he was uh, a pastor in the Quebec area. And he would knock on doors a lot. Like the last, uh, was it? No, it was the last, it was Jaffa. It was a French one. They had met somebody years before that had knocked at his door. I couldn't remember, can't believe they had remembered uh, my father coming to the door. But from, you know, members and even people telling me, they, they say, you know, many times when he would come to the door, uh, people would be really annoyed. And, and, you know, my dad's very stubborn. So, you know, he would go and, and knock and try to have Bible studies. And, 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 and you know, some, and if you ever you've gone and asked for Bible studies, you'll notice it's not hard to sign people up. What is hard is when you come back the second and the third time and they realize that, this guy's serious, right? And, and I've done Bible work. I can tell you this is the truth. Out of 50 Bible study interest, if you get two or three that will follow through, you're doing extremely good, right? And it's, it's amazing. The first contact, they're laughing with you. They're so happy. And the next contact, they kind of look at you. And the third one, they don't open the door, right? So what happened is my dad would keep coming. And, and you know, people would tell me, man, they... We were so annoyed, you know, <laughs> but we let him in anyways. And, and, and my dad, I don't know if he saw or he just never realized. I think he realized, but he didn't care. I don't know. But he would just come back anyways. He couldn't get the vibes, you know. Like for me, I try to be more tactful. I try to use all kinds of methods and whatever. To, and so if I sense that, whatever, and I, I go away. But he understood something that maybe I don't understand yet. That, yeah, maybe they don't want to see me. But I also understand that unless they start understanding some truth, they will never truly experience the freedom and the love of Jesus Christ in their lives. And so he kept coming. And you know, people would be annoyed but let him in. And then sometimes I would hear testimonies after they get baptized. They share how this guy just couldn't say no for an answer, right? So I want you to maybe think about that also. There's this concept of perseverance. Perseverance in spending time in God's Word, even though you may not have that flame that kindled flame in you but slowly as you're faithful the holy spirit will start something to to do something in your life whereas before you couldn't care less and that was my experience as a teenager i started uh, faithfully reading my bible and i started reading a book called desire of ages and i found it extremely boring extremely boring i was falling asleep all the time but something happened as i persevered and as i keep praying for god to do something in my life a desire started to awaken. And I actually started looking forward to reading the Bible and to reading Desire of Ages. And there came a point where when I got to the chapter called Calvary, that's when my heart was completely broken. So I think that, and I fell on the rock, Jesus Christ. And this is an experience that we want to seek. We may not always have the feeling, but after we have done what we can to eat wholesome food, after we've done what we can to be able to surrender so that we can start getting healing and not have that sickness of sin that we hold on to in our lives, and after that, persevere. God will do the rest in you. Well, um, I want to talk a little bit about prayer. Now, we talked about the eating aspect, which is the food, and now we want to talk about the breathing aspect just a little bit. In the book Prayer, page 8, it says, Prayer is opening of the heart to God as to a what? A friend. Thank you. As to a friend. When you pray, you have to think that I'm talking to somebody. I know this may be a revolutionary concept, but you are talking to somebody. So at night, when you're very, very tired, and you're, please be with my, amen. 
It's exactly the same thing you said the night before and the night before and the night before. You are talking to someone. Someone is actually listening, right? So it's saying you don't have to think about this amazing formula and don't do it because you just have to do it. You're talking to somebody as to a friend. It's focusing, it says prayer is the opening of the heart. Now I want you to understand a concept. The friend aspect is linked to the opening of the heart. It's not the concept of the way you treat other friends. Meaning, I don't, not this thing about, yeah, yo, man, I want to talk to God. It it just, guys, there's a reverence, there's a respect we need to have for God that I have to have above what I have for my friends. I love fire, um, you know, like um, campfires. And most of you love it too. You come to the fire and you warm yourself. And you're, there's this something about a warmth, about a fire in a fireplace in a home or a fireplace, a campfire. But yet there is a fear and a respect for that fire. There's a line. I'm not going to get so close that I'm going to burn me. I, I love the fire. But there's a respect. There's a limit to how close I get to the fire and the way that I interact with the fire. It is the same thing with God. If you want an interesting study, go back and study the three angels' message. And study why it doesn't say, love God. It says, fear God. I believe that true fear includes love. But it's very interesting that it emphasizes this concept. So, one thing it's important to understand. Prayer is not just to anybody I'm talking to. I am talking to God. God is someone I should reverence, is someone I should fear, it's someone I should love, but it's someone I should respect also. The second thing is that it's opening my heart. I don't need to say a set phrase like the Catholic do. Some of us are not very much higher than the Catholic because we say exactly the same thing, right? I'm talking to somebody, I'm to, and I can open my heart to Him. Talk to God. But friends, friendship is a one-way street. It's a what? It's a two-way street. And because of that, I need God to be able to talk to who? To me. I talk to God and God needs to talk to me. What does, how does God talk to me? Through what? Through the Bible, through nature, through different ways, divine providence and so. But the number one way is the Word of God. So what I need to do now, I need to talk to God, but I also need to hear God talk to me. The way that I hear talk to me, the most specific way is through the Word of God. But wait a second. Joseph. Joseph never had a Bible. So so he only had half of the devotion time because all he could do was pray, right? How, How did he do that? Did Joseph have a Bible? Guys, this is not a trick question. I know you're tired. You just ate. So he had oral tradition. But he didn't have anything physical, right? It was in his mind. So when Joseph had devotions and he got up in the morning and he prayed, what did he do? Very, very, very important. He meditated. He meditated on God and what he had been taught. This, friends, is even more important than reading and studying your Bible. You need to study your Bible. You need to spend time in it because that's the way God speaks to you. But the way that God speaks to you even more clearly, more specific, is a time where you read. And I encourage not to read a lot It's better to read small instead of reading a whole thing and at the end you have no idea what you read. Read small and then with God's Spirit, you meditate on what you have read and how that applies to you. Friends, this is how God speaks to you. Some of you have said, well, I've never heard God speak to me. Have you ever stopped long enough after spending the time in God's Word to be able to listen to God's voice? Well, no, I don't have time because I need to go to school and I need to eat breakfast and I need to catch my bus and whatever. I, do. I just read the Bible sometimes. I read it on the bus and I do. Well, that's maybe why God, why you can't hear God speak to you, right? So let's talk about friendship. Friendship is a two-way street. 
One, I talk to God. I open my heart as to a friend. I realize that God is not just a buddy-buddy. God is God. He's someone to be worshipped, to be feared, but yet I can open the most secret things of my life to Him. However, unless that I start hearing from God, that friendship is going nowhere fast. So I need to pray, but I need to learn to hear. The way I need to learn to hear, learn to hear, is I hear His voice through the Word of God, but more specifically, as I meditate on God's Word and think, Lord, how does this apply to me? And friends, in those times is when you will hear God's Spirit impressing, impressing your heart on certain things, especially if we plead for God's Spirit. That's why I don't always... I mean, I think it's good to listen to sermons. We have audio verse. It's a, such a blessing. Um, but let not audio verse and sermons be a substitute for you spending quiet time with God. Some of us are afraid to spend quiet time. Do you know that? Some of us are afraid of silence. And I know I visited many homes and you hear the TV blaring. Is anybody watching TV? No, but it has to be on. The radio has to be, we need to have some kind of noise because I can't be alone with my thoughts. Friends, you can be alone with God. God is a source of strength, of healing. Don't be afraid. Let Him talk to you after you've read God's Word. Meditate upon God's Word and let Him speak to you quietly. Plead for God's Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that comforts us, that teaches us. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the fruits and the gifts also. And then, if you can share whatever you've learned, then that helps you to grow in Christ. That's basically the sanctuary doctrine. You've noticed how there was the three apartments in the, the, the most holy place. One of them was the sharing. One of them was the eating the bread. And what was the other one? Incense. Incense. We represent what? Prayer. Definitely. Spend more time on beholding the character of Christ. Um, I have some in Seventh-day Adventist that their devotion time is focused on current events. They know what the Pope, when the Pope sneezes, they know when he sneezes. <laughs> they are so in tune with what is happening, right? It's okay to know these things, right? If you want to, but let that, what is the ratio? What is the ratio? They go through books like this about conspiracy theories and Jesuits and whatever. What is the ratio? Meaning, I would rather you spend more time beholding the character of Christ, His method of working with people, His pure life, His benevolence, that needs to take up the majority of not only your study, but of your meditation. And if you have time afterwards, you can t- you know, focus on the Pope. I'm not saying you shouldn't know about current events. These things are important, but this is not what our whole religion is all about. Our whole religion focuses on knowing Jesus Christ, on being reconciled to Him. Well, let's just recap and then let's close. So we talked about, um, briefly, let's see if you guys were actually listening. Devotional time, when we think of devotions, usually what does it consist of? Prayer Prayer and? And studying God's Word and also singing, which is a form of prayer also, right? So we talked about, maybe it's not so important just to focus on how to have devotions, but why is it that we don't want or we find it so hard to have devotions? So we did a correlation between the physical world and the spiritual world. In the spiritual, physical world, we breathe to be able to live. And so in the spiritual world, what does breath equal to? Prayer. In the physical world, we need to eat to live. So what does the eating correlate to in the spiritual world? What do we eat? The Word of God. And then we briefly talked about water. I need water to survive. And so in the spiritual world, it means what? Holy Spirit. Very good. So you want to go home and study these concepts, right? It will help you, I truly believe. So do I live longer without breath, water, or food? <laughs> so the first thing I die from is what? Lack of air. The second thing is lack of? And the third is lack of? Think on these things, okay? We talked about three things that may take away our desire or our appetite for wholesome air or wholesome food, right? The first thing we talked about was what? Sickness. 
When we are sick, there's no desire to eat. There's no appetite, right? Sickness is equal to what? And I would say even more specifically, cherish sin, meaning sins that we haven't surrendered. Or it may be our whole, it's, it's basically our will. We have not fully surrendered to God. God may be speaking on, to us on certain levels, and maybe we even have grown in certain levels. But as long as we're holding to one thing, Christ doesn't have our whole heart. That means we're still sick. We're still steeped in sin, right? So God wants us to have healing. And so we need to surrender. Whatever it is, confess and forsake and ask God to give you the strength. Tomorrow, don't have to worry about tomorrow. You mean I have to give that up forever? Listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's today. Surrender your life to God today and tomorrow will take care of itself, right? The second thing that takes away the desire is what? For wholesome food. Junk food. Give me examples of junk food. No. Give me spiritual, yeah, Netflix, very good. What else? And, and these are not, necess- some are ne- not necessarily bad thing. I'm not saying bad thing here, right? Facebook, Facebook may not necessarily be a bad thing. What else? Entertainment, right? Some are bad and some are just, just distracting. Okay, any other thing? It could, be, it could be tons of books. It could be, it's just, it could be anything, to be honest with you, that when you analyze your life, you're realizing, whoa, this is my life, this is a pie chart, and this is taking way too much time. It's distracting me from God, right? So these things, junk food, what it does is that something good in out of proportion, in my mind, becomes junk food spiritually. These things direct competition, whether we realize it or not, they take away our desire in the long run for spiritual things. What is the third thing we talked about? that takes away our desire. Loneliness. Sometimes when we're lonely, we just don't feel like eating. That's just the bottom line. But in those times, even though we can truly discover that Christ is a friend to us, we can have no better friend. We, have, we can't expect to fall in love with somebody just like that. Love is based on knowledge, right? The more that we know about God, the more we will love. I'm not talking about sentimentalism. I'm talking about a love that is built deep on knowledge. And that's the kind of love that God wants to give to have with us. So if I don't feel like eating and I'm lonely, I still eat. I eat out of principle. And the more I do so, the more I develop that relationship with Jesus Christ, the more the food becomes tasty and wholesome, right? So um, we also talked about, um, we also talked about uh, praying, um, prayer is the opening of the heart to who? To God. Do I treat God just like my buddy buddy? No, he's someone to be feared, reverenced. But however, open your heart. Open your heart completely to him. However, friend, friendship is a two-way street. That means I can open my heart. I can talk to God because you just told me that I can't live long without breathing. So that's the most important thing. If I need to start with something today, I need to start with praying so that I can live but I'm to develop a relationship. That way, if I pray, I need to hear from God. I hear from God where? More specifically, from the Word of God. I hear from nature and from testimonies and so forth. But the clearer picture of Christ is through His Word. So only by reading God's Word, that's where I'm going to grow. Amen? Amen? No, no amen. I need to do also what? Meditate. I need to spend time meditating on God's Word. And the more I spend time meditating, read less, spend more time on meditation. The more I meditate, the more you will start experiencing God speaking to you. And sometimes, I'm not saying it'll be an audible voice, it may be, but it's through the impression of His Holy Spirit. And as His Spirit impresses you, then He can truly mold, fashion, guide you. And then your relationship with Jesus Christ become sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Amen? So it's very simple. If it's your desire to focus on maybe eliminating or correcting the things that take away the desire for spiritual things. Instead of just focusing on, I need to have my devotion, I need to have my... What's the point of having your devotions? Is to be reconciled with God. What are some factors in your life that need correcting? with God's help, with God's strength, so that when you wake up in the morning or you're about to retire at night 
and you can't wait to talk to your Heavenly Father. If it is your desire to try to seek God's help with these things, let's stand and let's ask God to help us as He's been doing so thus far. Father, we too want to be reconciled with You. We realize that so often we failed You. We go through the motions simply because we know it's a good thing to do. That's what good Christians should do. But sometimes we, we forget we're talking to somebody. We forget sometimes even the whole purpose and the importance of spending time in Your words to be able to hear Your voice. And Lord, we know that Your words, Your voice have creative power. You can create in us something whereas now there's just void and emptiness without you. And so, Lord, we pray that you may help us to, to surrender everything. That if there's something or somebody in this room that is, is cherishing certain sins, that's still holding on to their will, but they want to have that relationship with you, and they don't, and now we realize it, it's, it's stopping us from even having desires for spiritual things. Please give us the strength the ability, your grace to let go and allow you to take full control of our lives. We don't know what tomorrow will hold, but for today, we surrender it all at your feet. And Father, we've realized also that for some of us, we've allowed a lot of distractions, a lot of junk food, and that is slowly and sometimes not so slowly taking away our desire for spiritual things. Father, we realize now that some of these things are in competition directly with our desire to spend time with you and your word. And so, Father, right now, help us to make that decision to cut, if needs be, to limit, so that what we can focus on is on good, wholesome food and that you can rekindle in us uh, uh, or change our taste buds so that we may love the whole wheat way above the empty calories of this world. And Father, for some of us, it's, it's, we just need to develop that relationship with you. Sometimes of years of living for ourselves, we want something to be quick. We want to be able to be in love with you all of a sudden. And we realize that it may not happen that way right away. But help us to persevere. After doing what you've asked of us by the help of your Spirit, help us to eat your word, to breathe, to speak to you out of principle. Help us to plead for your Holy Spirit as we read your word and as we meditate on it. Speak to our hearts, Father, and change us day by day that we may reflect your character. I thank you, Lord, for loving us so much and for not giving up on us. Thank you for the mercy that you pour upon us every day. And give us strength to follow you in Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.